What's up, podcast listeners? Welcome to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. As always, I'm your host, Josh Nichols. Before we get into this episode, I want to remind you to head over to Facebook and join The Mental Golf Show group. It's going to be the official meeting place for fans of The Mental Golf Show, where I can meet you guys, you guys can meet each other, we can all talk about the mental game, and you can make suggestions or ask questions for the show. I'll have the link to the uh, Mental Golf Show Facebook group in the show notes, or just head over to Facebook and search uh, in Facebook groups for The Mental Golf Show. It should come right up. Um, all right, into today's episode, I interview mini tour player Colton Lappa. Sorry, Colton, if I pronounced your last name incorrectly. I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. Uh, he is currently ranked number two on the Swing Thought Tour, uh, and the Swing Thought Tour is one of the country's biggest mini tours. Um, if you remember last week's episode, I interviewed Alejandro Tosti. He's the number one ranked player on that Swing Thought Tour. Hi, Charlie. Oh, what you doing? Might have heard Charlie there in the background. Okay, uh, sorry for the distraction there. Uh, yeah, Colton is number two ranked on that tour. Uh, and so he's an awesome player. He's been playing great. Uh, he's really started clicking with his game, and a lot of it's due to the mental game, as you'll find out in this episode. So we talk about a lot of awesome stuff. Um, so I'll just let Colton take it away. Uh, I hope you get something out of this one. If you don't, I think that one is on you. <laughs> All right, enjoy. I appreciate you being willing to do it though. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah. Hard things. Yeah, things are good. Um, yeah, it's it's gross here. Uh, I'm in North Carolina, so it's it's been pretty nasty. And where are you exactly? I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay. So it's beautiful and 70 degrees. <laughs> Not as Not nasty. Yeah. Well, that's my, good. Uh, my, my fiance is in Charleston right now, and she said it's like raining and mm -hmm. just like not very good weather right now. Yeah, this whole, I mean, all over the country looks like is disgusting. But um, yeah. yeah, the East Coast is pretty, pretty wet lately. Big time. It's pretty crazy the weather that they're having in Texas right now. Yeah, right. They're that's under crazy. snow. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's it's wild. So, how, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, you, you, you. Uh, how did you start the the podcast? And like, um, mm -hmm. kind of give me your background before we kind of get started a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, I. I guess starting the podcast was a natural evolution of myself being, I, I tried to play professional golf for a while. I, I never actually turned pro, but I got to be a pretty good amateur golfer and yeah. was working with an instructor at the time. And, and I saw a lot of like mental improvement and like, probably more so more than my physical improvement. I got way physically better, but mentally I just gained so much self-confidence and the whole, the whole deal and just decided that golf wasn't for me. And yeah. I just didn't want the grind, um, which I'd love to talk to you about, but, yeah. um, I, 
so I moved on, but I didn't know what to do really. Cause I've been playing golf for 15 years and trying the yeah. same thing. And he said, you know, I think you could actually help players the same way that you improved. And I, I started working with him on kind of developing a mental, like mental coaching type business. And, um, and he does a golf school in Greensboro, North Carolina. And so I kind of work with them and I, I do my own mental coaching with players, um, junior golfers to mini tour players and kind of that spectrum. No, no higher than that. Um, but also not really worse golfers than that, mostly just competitive players. So I said, okay, well, I need to develop this business a little bit. So let's do a podcast. It's kind of a natural evolution. Long story to say, I'm kind of just doing this to develop my thing. That's, that's awesome. Good for you. No, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. So with you, how maybe like, give me your kind of context of the path that led you to swing thought tour, mini tour golf, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So my whole, uh, my whole development. So I played college golf at the university of Arizona and then, um, I wanted to turn pro afterwards, but, um, didn't have the finances as, as of most people. And so I went and started coaching college golf. And so I went and coached at the university of Denver on the women's side for two years. And then I was the associate head women's golf coach at the university of Nebraska. And then when I was at Nebraska, I found a sponsorship to start playing. And it was like, completely blindsiding. Like I never had pro golf on my, on my radar. Um, but I sat down with the sponsor and we were kind of talking about it and, uh, yeah, it just led me to where I am now and I am so thankful for it. And, um, you know, just hopefully continue my path. Um, and sorry, my thing just you good. went off. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can. Um, let's get this back. Uh, there we go. Um, so it just led me to the path that I'm on currently right now. So I'm going to go and do, um, Canada Q school this, this spring. And then I'm obviously going to do corn Ferry Q school and European tour Q school. So, um, that's kind of the path I'm on right now, but, uh, that's how it all started. I was actually just coaching college golf and I never had pro golf on my radar. And then, um, luckily a family decided that they want to sponsor me and, it's just been, it's just been a blessing. It's yeah. That's wild that's, ride. Yeah. That's huge to get. I mean, money is unfortunately it's one of the biggest things, biggest reasons why so many people don't get to try. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was definitely my, I mean, my own skill level. I just realized I am kind of desire. So probably skill, desire, and money were my three things, which those are obvious three things. Um, yeah. So the fact that you got one checked off and yes. and we'll talk about the other two of the skill and the desire um, yeah. of, of able to play professional golf. That's huge. So oh, do you, yeah. like as far as the transition from college golf through coaching through now to mini tour golf, like what's kind of the biggest thing you've learned in that transition? Yeah. Um, I've learned actually quite a bit. There's the, there's the planning and organizational bit that a lot of players don't really think about. Like you got to plan your own schedule. Like there's no one else doing this for you. So it's always constantly looking for new tournaments and stuff like that. Um, 
the mental piece, which I'm sure we're going to get into a little bit more is so big. And, mm. you know, you are playing for money, but at the same time, you're also playing for pride to win the golf tournament. Um, so there's that piece as well. And then there's just the grind of being on the mini tours and then trying to make it to the PGA tour, which seems like such a far path. When you think about it, there's so many steps that you have to take. Um, and it's just not getting too worked up about it. It's, it's more just enjoying the process and just knowing that if I do all the right things, like it will pay off. Um, because sometimes when you go to these tournaments and you're playing, you know, not so good golf courses or, you know, the purse is small, just stuff like that. It's just like, uh, this is such a grind, mm -hmm. but you got to look at the bigger picture. Cause like all of the little things that you're doing right now are going to pay off in the end. Um, but it's just, it's hard to realize that in the moment, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that enjoyment of the process, that's a, that's a huge thing for kind of golfers of any skill level. So when you are like on that grind and you're, you're maybe struggling, I mean, the stereotypical mini tour thing is like, you're struggling, you're driving, you're like all the negative things, there's good things. So what do you find to actually enjoy the process of the struggle? I think, I think it's just the enjoyment of um, constantly getting better and constantly learning more about yourself when you travel and learning more about your game as you continue to develop. Like I turned pro in June of 2019. In um, that first, that first year of 2019, I played good golf and I had good finishes, but looking back now, it was like, that was kind of lucky because like, I didn't really play golf for three years when I was coaching. Like, yeah, I picked up a club here and there, but I never grinded ever. Mm -hmm. And so I look back at that first year of playing and I was like, okay, like I was doing the right things, but I wasn't fully putting myself into it. And then last year, um, I, I took another step and started working with a sports psychologist. Mm -hmm. Um, so I took that step and now this year I'm taking another step and I'm, I'm developing my body as long as, as with my mind and it's all kind of like starting to click. And I look back at that first year that I turned pro and I was like, you were practicing a lot, but you weren't doing everything possible to get you to that next level. And now I'm doing all of those things. And so if, as long as I continue on this career path, I know it's going to like, you know, really elevate my game. And, um, you know, just all the little things that I'm doing, I'm always thinking like, all right, I'm one step ahead of everybody else because I'm organizing my own schedule. I'm talking to my sports psychologist. I'm working out every day. I'm practicing like all of the little things, like I'm starting to do well. And it's funny to look back on 2019. Cause I was like, yeah, I had good finishes, but I don't really know how, because I wasn't doing all the things properly is if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's fun to, it's fun to look back and like learn constantly um, about yourself. Right. And the thing about the journey that you're on is just the act of knowing that you're doing everything yeah. builds the confidence that helps you play. So it's like an intangible that I'm checking all the boxes and, right. and I'm really leaving no stone unturned anymore. And even if things are slow and progress is slow. You at least have the mentality that I am doing way more than I've ever done. And I'm probably doing one or two things that other players aren't right. 
but, right. It's, it's the little things of, you know, I just played a tournament out in California and I finished the round and like no part of me wants to go work out. Like not at all, hmm. but it was like, you know what, like you have to continue to stick to the grind because if you don't go work out, you know, your competition might be working out today. So it's like always kind of measuring yourself against others and just pushing yourself to be the best that you can. Um, and just like you said, like never leaving anything like, Oh, I wish I would have done that. And mm -hmm. that's, that's a lot of what 2021 is. And I keep saying it's going to be a really big year because I, I really believe that, but it's, it's doing everything possible that I can on my end to say like, all right, like I gave it my all. And mm -hmm. that's, that's what I'm most proud of right now. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get to the end of, if there is an end, yeah, right. you can make such a better decision to say, you know what, this isn't for me anymore. If, yeah. if you kind of went halfway the whole way, it'd be really hard to say, man, I just feel like I could have done more, but it doesn't sound like that for you. It sounds like you're really yeah. doing everything. And I, and I think that about 2020 and I had, I had good finishes and stuff like that, but I don't feel like I did everything possible to be the best golfer that I could be. And I've kind of taken that leap and I don't know if it's a maturity thing or, or learning more about yourself while you're playing professionally, but this year and, and kind of going forward, I'm learning a lot about myself and it's just like, all right, this is what, this is what elite athletes are doing. Um, right. And so, yeah, it's been cool. Okay. So I'm clearly very interested. You said you started working with a sports psychologist last year. Yeah. I, what just to introduce into it, what, like, what do you guys do, you and him or her, what do you guys do uh, to actually work on your mental game? Right. His, so his name is Billy. He's based in Georgia. Um, okay. And one of my high school friends is also, it's called Aware Sports Performance. Um, and one of my best friends is also with Billy, um, working with sports psychology and stuff like that. And so... Um, I was really struggling last year. I was playing a lot of Monday qualifiers. I wasn't really, you know, getting in. There was one tournament where I bogeyed the last and missed by one and just like really down because when you play a lot of Monday qualifiers, it takes a toll on you because it's, you know, you either qualify or you don't. And it's pretty simple. And you kind of lose the fact of like playing tournaments. And so I was traveling a lot, just really down on myself. And I was like, I need to do something about this. And so got Billy on the phone and uh, we talked about just a, just a few different things, just a, an introduction kind of, as you would know, like an introduction meeting and then really talking about what's going on on the golf course. Um, and our philosophy is bringing awareness to your thoughts while you're playing before the round, after the round, stuff like that. And talking it through. Um, and it's amazing when you like say it out loud, you're like, it kind of, it makes you really aware of it. Um, and so we can go into some details, but uh, we used a bunch of different analogies that I'd love to share with you. Um, and yeah, it's just making yourself more aware of your own thoughts on the golf course and how to generate new ones when you have some bad ones and just, and just stuff like that. So um, yeah, I guess I, I guess I can get into. So sure, please. one of our, one of our things was when I was out on the golf course and I think of a tournament, an all pro tour event in Victoria, Texas. And I just, I struggled there. Um, and I was having a lot of bad thoughts. So I would get on a, on a tee box 
and I would look down the fairway and I wouldn't even pick a target because I had so many bad thoughts running through my head. Uh, don't hit it left. Don't hook it water. Right. You know, all of that stuff. And I'm like, Billy, like I'm over the golf shot and I can't pull the trigger. Like I'm only thinking about bad results. And so he was one of the analogies we have two is imagine you were playing tug of war one side, you're on a bridge and then your bad thoughts are on the other side. And then in the middle is like, you would fall down like the pit of misery, we'll call it. Yeah. And so you're playing tug of war with your thoughts over the tee box. And he's like, well, how, how do you win that battle? And me not knowing, I was like, oh, I, you know, pull harder. And he's like, well, no, you're still thinking about it. Like, why don't you just let go of the rope? And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. Like just let go. And, and so I tried that for a few tournaments and it works for some, but it didn't work for me. And I was like, Billy, like, I love that we talked about that, but is there another, um, is there another way we could talk about it? And he goes, yeah, absolutely. So imagine you're, you're under a waterfall, right? And you're just, you're standing there and all of the water is hitting you on the head. Well, imagine that those are your bad thoughts just hitting you on the head. What do you do to get away from that? And I was like, oh, I, I would just take a step forward. And he goes, well, then there you go. If you're out on the golf course and you have some bad thoughts running through your head, just take a step forward or take a step back and just picture all of your bad thoughts staying in that one location that you're at and just generate new ones. Mm. And that one like clicked. And I was like, wow, that's really powerful. And so that's something that I use constantly when I'm playing on the golf course is even this last tournament, I'm, I had a putt for par on the last to shoot bogey free six, five. And there was a thought of like, okay, like, this is for par. It's like an eight footer down the hill slider, tough putt. And I'm like, all right, like you can't miss this. And I was like, no, no, no. Like you, you can make this like take a step forward. And so I took a step forward and it was crazy because I could see those thoughts behind me, which oh. sounds, which sounds ridiculous to say out loud, yeah. but it's true. Like that's what works for me. And so, um, it's amazing because it's brought my attention and awareness to the fact of those thoughts and I can generate new ones so quickly. Mm. And that's, what's like really turned the corner for me as a professional golfer. So, wow. Yeah. I, I love that where it's, you almost, you almost give the thoughts a kind of physical manifestation a little bit, like Correct. they're back there now. They're not on me. I, that's awesome. I love that. Uh, yeah. So that one's, that one's just been absolutely huge for me. And I think it's changed my career because I don't, without talking to Billy and getting that, I think I would still be struggling just how I was in Victoria. And my parents were always like, you really should talk to a sports psychology. And just like, as a kid and like not being mature, I was like, no, I don't like, I'm good. Like, I don't need that. And now that I've actually started working with one, I'm like, I look back on my career and I was like, I wish I would have started this when I was 16 because yeah. I would be so much further developed as a golfer. Um, so I always tell people that if they're struggling with mental pain, like really get a sports psychologist because it'll, it'll change everything. Yeah. So is there obviously those two analogies and some relate to one, some relate to the other are huge. Is there anything else activities wise that you guys do to, to work on your mental game, to kind of get over bad thoughts, or is it, is it just simply let's reinforce this over and over? Yeah, it's, um, it's reinforcing, but at the same time, um, 
like I've been trying to win for the last few weeks. Like I've been in contention mm. and um, I had a two shot lead in Yuma and I didn't close and I lost <clears throat> and I called him on my way home, like pretty upset. I was like, mm. really like so sick, this man, like I keep getting in contention and I'm not winning. Like, what am I doing wrong? And so we start talking it through and in, in Yuma, I was so worried about, and in other events too, I was so worried about what other people were doing. And there's the controllable factors and then the uncontrollable factors. And like, I can't control what other people are doing. And it finally clicked for me after Yuma talking with him. So this is another thing. It's just, there's things you can control and there's things you can't. And other golfers performances is something you just can't control. So just go out there, focus on your own game, shoot the best score you can, and then come in. And if it was good enough, then obviously you win. And obviously there's nerves and stuff like that. But um, it was, it's more focusing on just me and not worrying about anyone else in the golf course. And that as the last few weeks have gone on, I've been in contention and it's just crazy how much, if you focus just on what you can control, how much better of a golfer you can be. Yeah. And that bleeds into every part of your game and your life of other players are maybe do this, this, and this. Uh, I was talking to another player in a, in another episode of some players have to work 10 hours a day, six hours a day to improve their game. I know myself, I know what makes myself the best. I can't control what they do for their routine. Mm -hmm. Um, so controllables, uncontrollables there too. And that, that leads me in my thinking to like, maybe walk me through what a day in the life of Colton is for practicing, you know, to give maybe people a glimpse of what a mini tour player does on a daily basis, practice wise. Yeah. So everyone's different and I'm continuing to learn, but I've figured out what makes me play the best. So there's, there's timing. Um, it depends on how far away the tournament is. Um, but I'll just kind of talk about what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. So usually wake up at 6.45. I usually go to bed like 9.30, 9.45, wake up at 6.45, have a cup of coffee, go to work, um, work out at 8 a.m., come back, shower, have a smoothie, drive to Desert Forest, putt or chip, and then have lunch, hit balls, chip more, putt more, and then probably play nine holes, and then come back, cook dinner, chill with my roommate, go to bed, do the same thing over again. So that's, that's what I do on a daily basis. Um, I'm not a huge guy to go out or drink or anything like that. Like I'm pretty motivated on what I need to do to keep my body in check and be the best athlete that I can. Um, if I've got two weeks before a tournament, I'll spend more time practicing and developing my swing and new shots and just kind of working on some stuff. Um, and then as the tournament comes closer, I play a lot because you've got to get in the rhythm of scoring. And so if it's, if a tournament's two weeks out for about a week, I'll just grind on the range and, and not really play a whole lot of golf. And then as the tournament comes closer, it's getting on the golf course every single day and learning how to score. So mm. that's kind of what a day in a life for me okay. looks like. Yeah. Pretty, pretty disciplined, pretty throughout the entire day. Hard yeah. work. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone calls me an over planner. So I yeah. Like to- I, I mean, some players, I, 
I, I think most players could benefit. Uh, like you were telling me, you, you plan your own schedule. You kind of take things into your own hands. You're more intentional about things. I think even if you plan flexible times, having a plan can't hurt. I don't think it can hurt. I, you know, I, is that something that you used to not do and now you do? Oh yeah. Like when I first turned pro, it was kind of like week by week, you know, I might play that tournament or, you know, I I'll go to the golf course at this time and maybe I'll work out today, but now it's like, all right, corn Ferry Monday, six weeks away. I've got tournaments lined up. I've got everything planned out. I've got flights already booked for June. It's like knowing exactly what I want to do. And yeah, when I first started, it was like, mm. Oh, I think I'm going to go to that tournament. It's, yeah. it's just funny to look back on. Yeah. I, you're, you're treating your job as a job, right? Yeah. You're, you're intentionally doing it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it is a job. Like it's funny to look at it that way, but at the same time, it's, I find so much enjoyment just getting to the golf course and I think it's so peaceful mm-hmm. and I've developed such a routine that I personally love. And I think it's different for a lot of players. Like a lot of players might love going to the golf course first thing in the morning and then working out later. So it's just, it's developing what works best for you. And I think I've finally found the formula that produces the best golf for me. Mm. So if you look at my last seven week stretches, it's been really, really good. And I've consistently done the exact same thing every single week. And yeah. so it's starting to click. That's like, okay, this is what works for me. Right. So just kind of copy paste, right? Right. Yeah, every, exactly. every week. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, it's just maintaining what you have and it's just constantly trying to find the edge to get better. That's right. what it's all about. Yeah. Okay. So I, I asked some of our listeners, like if they had any questions, I said, I'm yeah. going to be talking to a, a good mini tour player. Like, what do you want to know? Yeah. Um, the first question is what kind of things would you consider to be distractions on the golf course? I'm assuming that's could be physical or mental. Um, distractions. Ooh. Um, so for a lot of players, um, I think the cell phone is becoming a big distraction. Um, I see a lot of guys not turning their phones off, um, during tournaments. Mm -hmm. And I was the same way I would have my phone on kind of when I first started playing, I would have my phone on and I would be checking scores. Um, and kind of what I talked about earlier, like comparing myself to others and not being able to control, like, what they're doing but back in the day like that's what i was doing i was like oh shoot like they just made a birdie like i need to kind of pick it up mm-hmm. now shut my phone off and never look at it until i'm done with the round and so that's like a huge distraction that i see is, is a lot of phone use in tournaments and stuff like that <laughs> um playing partners can be a distraction at times if they're playing good or bad but um that's something that can be a distraction Um, but besides that, like for me, I don't get distracted a whole lot. I like to be like pretty laser locked in. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say I have too many distractions out on the golf course. That's good. I mean, you've been working on your mental game, so it probably lends to that. So on that note, is there, I mean, is it like a lot of players struggle with quality practice? Like it, maybe they are kind of going through the motions. I mean, is it a similar thing with the phone? Like what, 
what makes your practice more quality than maybe others? Oh, this is great. Cause I, I thought about this on my way home yesterday. Um, I used to go out to TPC Scottsdale and practice and it's a public golf course and I would throw in my headphones right away and I would listen to podcast or music or like meditation music, stuff like that. And I found myself looking back now, I found myself like that wasn't quality practice because I was, I was, my mind was distracted by what I was listening to. So when I would hit chip shots or putts or pull shots, you know, I'd be listening to the podcast and I wouldn't be fully focused on what I'm doing. And now I play at this course called desert forest, very peaceful area. And I'm never on my phone. I don't even take my headphones out to the golf course anymore. And I'm, when I'm practicing, I'm locked in and focusing on what I want to do. And so that was like a huge one for me is I, I think it was because I was bored practicing when I went out to TPC and I just needed something to like get me through the quote unquote practice. And it's like, well, you're not really getting better that way. Yeah. Like you're just wasting time. What's the point of even going out there? You're just going for reps. And so that's like a huge one for me mm. is um, just getting away from the headphones and being locked in. And like, you kind of start thinking in your own thoughts a little bit more when you do that. So yeah. that's a huge one. Yeah. And you're, you're doing the same thing you do in a tournament. You don't, you don't have headphones on while you're in a tournament, right? Exactly. And I used to warm up to, I'm like super, super, eh, superstitious. Right. Um, and so I would listen to the same playlist before I played every round and stuff like that. And even before tournaments, like once you get on that first tee, like you can't listen to that music anymore. Like you just hit balls. You don't even know how your contact is because you weren't even listening for that. And so I don't use headphones anymore for my warm up, um, and I and I don't miss it because I feel more engaged in my golf game. So that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, it's been massive. No kidding, and that's something everyone can do, uh, any skill level. Like right. you don't play. I mean, unless you're totally, you know, average amateur player, you could play with music on the course, but yeah. like make step up the quality of your practice a little bit, focus Ex on what you're doing. Exactly. That's the thing. Like when you go out to practice, I think a lot of guys just get in the stuck of like getting reps in, like mm. you feel bad if you're like, man, I should go practice today, but is it a quality practice? I don't know. But mm. for me personally, it's changed how I practice and I'm way more engaged about okay, this is what worked today. This is what I'm feeling. And I'm not listening to anything else. I'm just focused, mm. which, you know, you can do focus practice for three, three and a half hours and get a lot out of it. Or you can sit out there for six hours, beat balls and not be engaged. And, mm. you know, is it really helping? Right. I don't know. Yeah. So okay, That's cool. awesome. Okay. Uh, how do you sleep on a lead? Do you have any specific mental exercises you do or just around uh, contention in general, I guess? You know what? I, that's a great question. Um, I don't, I don't have anything and I would let, I'd love to learn. And maybe you've had other guests on. I'd, I'd love to hear about that, but I've had uh, a few leads now in my career and I try and do the same thing. Um, you know, I try and treat it as the, same round, you know, it's just another golf round, but there's obviously different nerves in that final group, final day pairing. Um, and you can see it guys usually don't play as well when they're in that final pairing because there are some nerves. Um, 
So me personally, no, I don't have any thoughts or meditation or anything like that. Um, but I'd love to, have you talked to anyone that? Yeah, it seems like, I mean, you, you've kind of answered this already today is the controllable, uncontrollable thing. I mean, the, the fact that you're thinking about I'm in the lead or I'm, I'm in contention, that's directly relative to other people. Right. And if you're worried about it, that means you're worried that they could pass you, you could play bad and, and lose it. Like that, it means you have something to lose rather than like you just said, just try to do the same thing. I mean, there's a reason I'm in the lead or around the lead. There's a reason why I've been playing better lately. That's because I've focused on my controllables. I, uh, what other people do cannot affect me. I can't do anything to affect them. Thank goodness. Otherwise I wouldn't even be able to play golf cause it'd be a contact sport or something. And I would, I'd lose. So it's just like controllables, uncontrollables. I think that's the kind of the gist of it. And people that I've talked to have, have just said being there enough. I mean, that's a hard one to learn from, but being there enough, you start to, I don't know about numb yourself to it, but you just become more used to the feelings and it's, it's less scary. Um, like if you went skydiving, the first time you skydive is probably terrifying. Right. But if after the 10th, 15th, 20th time, probably still a little scary, still a little exhilarating, but you see the enjoyment more. Right. Um, so it's, it's a combination of the two lower the pressure on yourself by saying, I'm just going to do what I can control. It's the same thing I always do. And also I'm just going to try to get in this position as much as I can. Right. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's for me, the last few weeks, it's just been every time I'm there, I feel like I learned something new, which is a good thing. Um, but no, you're, you're exactly right. There's just things that you can control and there's just things you can't. And, uh, a lot of guys have switched to playing a lot of video games at night and so like for me and my buddies like we play video games at mm-hmm. night and it gives you that kind of that release of like not thinking about golf at all for sure and it's funny to listen to the guys on like the pga tour and corn fairy tour kind of like start talking about it a little bit more because there's a lot of gamers out there <laughs> and it's crazy when you play your mind completely shuts off golf yeah and you're like all right yeah like i have a tournament tomorrow and you kind of forget about it and yeah. it's been awesome so yeah yeah that's yeah. a that's a mental exercise. If yeah. that's not, then I don't know what is, right? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, good. Uh, but the more you put yourself there, like mm. the better outcome you'll have. Yeah, it's it's experience. Um, that's the hardest one to to get better at, but it is real. Right. Um, okay, so let's see. What's the most important thing you've learned from making the transition from college to pro? Uh, yeah. I kind of asked you about that transition a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, maybe you could elaborate a little more. Yeah, it's um, in college, you, everything's planned for you besides, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, class schedule, like you can kind of pick that in your homework and stuff like that. But coaches are always setting times for practice. Coaches are always getting you on golf courses. So you just show up. Like Mm -hmm. there's nothing you need to do. You just show up, you practice, you play your qualifying round, you go home, you do your homework. But as a professional golfer, there's so many little things that you don't think about that you have to take it upon yourself to go do the little things because no one else is there saying like, Oh, go do that. 
and you have to take it upon yourself to say like, oh, it's time to go work out. Like, this is what I need to do today. So just mm. like that, that little stuff. Yeah. The, it's not in my control to shift to back to my control, it, t- doing things intentionally, doing things for yourself, right. huge things right. and things that come with maturity too. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So a couple more, one more kind of user or listener question. And then I've got kind of a final question for you. Yeah, cool. Um, so how do you deal with a slump in your game? Yeah, that's, um, that's a great one. Cause I dealt with it last summer mm. <clears throat> and then that's when I found Billy. Um, but even in the winter time, like I still had, still had some slumps. Oh. Sorry. We got yeah, some stuff going on behind us. Um, I dealt with that last summer and it's just trying to get new things out of it. <laughs> Sorry about that. You're good. You're good. I can barely hear him. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um, so it's changing some swing stuff and, and really working on your own game and just, I wouldn't say putting in the extra effort, but it's just, there obviously needs to be a change. Mm. And so it's just taking the time to learn what's going on and um, just being receptive of making changes and swing changes and putting changes. Um, like I was on a really cold streak with my putter and I don't like to switch a whole lot with my putting stroke or anything like that, but it was bad. And so I reached out to a friend of mine and I was like, Hey man, can you, can you look at my stroke? Can you help me out? Like I'm really struggling. And it's the fact of like being okay with that and letting people know, like, this is bad. Like I need your help. Mm. And so they helped me out. I took some videos, sent it to them and I I made a drastic change and it's paid off. Mm. And so it's just stuff like that. Like being okay with asking for people's help. Um, right, okay. so that's, nice. that's what I would say. Yeah. But as far as slump wise, a lot of it's mental. Like I, I really have Billy to thank for that because I think I would still be kind of in a slump and not who I am today without him. So okay. very, very thankful for that. Okay. So being open to help yeah. and being okay with rebuilding yes. and sports psychology, mental coaching. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The gist of it. Yeah. Cool. I would say for anyone listening, like be okay calling up a sports psychologist and letting them know that you need help and stuff like that, because I wasn't wanting to do it and Mm -hmm. I did it and I'm so thankful I did. So good. Good. Okay. So that, that reminded me of another question and then the final. So what's, what would you say is the most important mental trait in golf? Oof. Um, I would say being aware of your own thoughts, what I've kind of already talked about. Mm. Um, a lot of the old fashioned sports psychologists will tell you like, Oh, be positive, like think happy thoughts. Mm -hmm. And something that we work on is like, if you make a bogey, like you can't smile walking off the green. Like, Oh yeah, I'm happy. Like, no, you're pissed off. Like it's time to go get it. And Mm -hmm. so, um, just being aware of your thoughts, um, generating new ones, um, and being okay with being frustrated, but not letting it affect your performance. If that makes sense. Sure. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of guys will get frustrated, get down and it kind of like bleeds over to the next hole and it's, 
you know, be frustrated, but then as soon as you step up on the next tee box, like it's a new hole, new opportunity, go from there. Yeah. So Sounds just like aware of your thoughts. Okay. Awareness and maybe a little bit of acceptance, right. Yeah. Of that happened. I'm frustrated. That's okay. Now let's move on. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Okay. So final question is something I ask all all the, all my guests on here is what percent of golf do you think is mental and what percent is physical? 80, 20, 80, 20. Yeah. I okay. Say, why do you say that? I would say 80% mental because you can have a perfect golf swing. You can have a perfect putting stroke. You can be a physical specimen, like all of those things. But if you don't have the mental game for it, because there's so many thoughts that are generated on a golf course hmm. as far as trouble, where you want to hit it, the things that are happening, wind, weather, all of that stuff. It's a grind. Hmm. Like it is so hard and you have to have the swing. Yes. But there's so many people out there with just kind of like gross golf swings, but they're so good. Hmm. And it's just knowing mentally how good they are inside and like willing to, um, grind out a good golf score, even on a bad day. So for me, I would say 80% of it's mental. Yes. You have to have the physical piece of it, but as I continue to grow in my career, I'm learning how big that mental piece is Yeah, because yeah. golf is just, you think so much. Yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah. there's no right answer. I love your answer. That's, yeah. that's good. What's uh, a, what's a common percentage that a lot of guys say it's always almost always more mental than physical. Yeah. Um, but I think the general consensus is the better you get physically, the more it's about mental, right? Yeah. When you're, when you're a brand new beginner, it's not really that much mental. You've just got to learn how to hit a ball. Right. Exactly. So it's kind of probably 95, five at that point, like you yeah. got to have a desire to keep going and motivation, but you just got to be able to hit a ball. And then the better you get, the less important physical becomes. And it just like the, the last guy I talked to, um, you might even know him, Alejandro Toasty. He's, oh, yeah. he's a, Dude, he swings up. Uh, yeah. Right. He's won three in a row. He said, yeah. so I talked to him. I was like, I got to talk to that guy. And he, he said it, it's like, the better, I mean, he basically echoed the same thing. The better you get, it's like becomes completely mental. We, he, every, all the guys out there can hit the ball good, especially your level corn fairy PGA tour. It's just like everyone can hit the ball. It's how yeah. you think, right? Yeah. Once you get to like this level mm -hmm. and Canada corn fairy and PGA tour, everyone hits the ball around the same, you know, obviously you have that physical, but just like you said, like, the mental piece is kind of the next thing, but, yeah. um, hats off to toasty. He's playing yeah. unbelievable golf. Yeah, he is. And, and I noticed you were playing good too. So I was like, I gotta, yeah. I gotta talk I to played with him in the final round of, uh, of Yuma. And that's mm. where he, I had the two shot lead there. And then he came back and beat me, but right. Well, um, it's all right. No, he's been, he's been playing great golf. So hats off to him. Yeah. So what's next for you? I am leaving on Sunday for the Bakersfield open. And then I have 16 days off and then I'm going to play a swing thought at Saboba Springs and then have a couple of days off. And then I've got Canada Q school that following week at mm -hmm. Saboba Springs and then kind of 
reevaluate from there, see what my status level is. If I want to go chase corn fairy Mondays, if I want to save up and just keep playing mini tours and wait for corn fairy key school and European tour key school. So a lot of it just depends on how Canada goes and then uh, kind of go from there. But like I said, I, I'm an over planner, so I've already got everything on the schedule. So nice. we'll that's see. good. We'll Speaking of on the schedule, when you said your fiance, when are you guys getting married? Yeah. December 12th, 2021. Okay. Nice. End of this year. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be exciting. She's a, she's a planner as well. So I'm thankful for her. <laughs> well, that's good. You guys can uh, team up. Yeah, exactly. exactly. All right. Nice. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Colton. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Thank you yeah. so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Colton Lapa. Okay. Here's what I want you to do. So much good stuff in there. But I want you to head over to the Facebook group and just comment with one thing that you learned from this episode. As you know from listening to this show, it's one thing to just know something, to, to have the knowledge of something, to, to know it as true, but it's a whole other thing to actually do something with that knowledge. And as you learned from Colton, being intentional, uh, actually going forward with knowledge, actually trying to make yourself better, can make real changes in your game. So I want you to click the link to the Mental Golf Show Facebook group in the show notes and just give a few words to what you learn. Just just write a few words like, uh, I learned how to be more intentional. I learned how to schedule my day. I learned that it takes hard work to, to get better. You know, whatever. Go over to the Mental Golf Show Facebook group. I'll have the link down here uh, in the show notes of the episode and head over there, join the group. You'll have to join to be able to comment. Um, but, you know, drop your two cents of, of what you learned from this episode or what you learned from any episode. Uh, head over there now and go do that. All right. I hope everyone is getting to play now that spring is right around the corner. Uh, if you do, I want you to think about one thing. I want you to pick a target. I want you to let it rip. And I want you to accept the results. All right. I will catch you guys next time.